0: We're going to go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, all right, folks, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I hope you had a nice break, and if you're joining us new for the second section of this particular course, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Definitely might want to check out part one of this course where we went through and we discussed uh, some of the... Features including of Excel, including things such as the data types, dynamic arrays, new formulas, including sort, filter, um, sequence, uh, stock history, and more. We also took a look at a new lookup formula type, which is the XLOOKUP formula, and we also talked about how we can use analyze data inside of Excel to produce charts, graphs, and find answers to our questions. Now, in part two of this class, or the second section, if you're watching it concurrently here, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about three specific features. And we're going to zero in on um, some of the, in my opinion, uh, more powerful features, including power Query. Uh, We're going to start our second section here by looking at Flash Fill, uh, which is a pattern recognition tool inside of Excel that will auto-complete a pattern when it recognizes that you're doing something like in a sequence, which is super useful. Uh, Very useful for breaking apart data. For example, if we had our um, address information all combined into a single cell and we want to break it into multiple cells, we can do that very quickly and easily using Flash Fill. Uh, or bringing things together as well in terms of creating a combined address that would have everything all as one, okay? Then we're going to take a look at some of the real-time collaboration features where we can create a worksheet and be able to instantly share that with colleagues and be able to jointly be able to work on uh, a document together. Um, I would say some of the collaboration features inside of Excel are, are some of the best that have been added recently to the application, really, in my opinion, making this a complete product to use. Um, so, you know, if you have a need, for example, many of us do, for example, to create a document and share it with our colleagues and all of us be able to work on it concurrently, well, guess what? That, that 365 SharePoint Microsoft Teams integration really brings it all together. And we're going to spend a bulk of our time talking about Power Query and talking about how we can retrieve and manage data inside of Excel. Power Query, in my opinion, is the best feature and function to be added to Excel in the last decade or longer. Uh, It's the best thing since pivot tables in a lot of ways. And so we're going to talk about lots of different things that we can do inside of Power Query and why you should pretty much be using it on every uh, project going forward. All right, folks, let's go ahead and get into it and talk about our next Uh, feature, which is going to be Flash Fill. Alrighty, so we're going to start our day out with looking at Flash Fill inside of Excel. And as I've mentioned in our introduction here, Flash Fill is a tool for pattern recognition. And when it recognizes a pattern, it will automatically fill your data and complete a sequence for you. So you could use it to separate things. You could also use it to combine things and you know, I, I personally think this is a really cool tool uh, that really kind of helps with kind of data management uh, that would otherwise kind of be difficult to do. Uh, many of the things that Power, uh, sorry, not Power Query, but FlashFill can do, uh, you can do inside of Excel already using formulas, but writing those formulas can be really difficult for a lot of people to do. So in our example here, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you um, the traditional way. Uh, I'll show you quickly what Flash Fill can do, and then I'm going to show you the traditional way that we would handle this using formulas, and then hopefully you'll be able to recognize the difference between them and know why, you know, pretty easily figure out why Flash Fill is a better way of being able to handle it. Okay, so let's go ahead and switch over to Excel. Alrighty. So we're here inside of Excel and I want you to first see our data. Now data that we're going to be working with today is going to be address data. This could be, uh, this is just a simple example. I mean, you could be your GL data, it could be your financial data, it could be budget data, it could be whatever you'd like it to be. Okay. Now, in this particular example, what we have listed here are two actually different types of data. We're going to be working with some data, for example, where the name and address is combined. And then we're going to be working with another set of data where the address is broken apart. Now, ideally, from a data structure perspective, the more you can have stuff broken apart, the better. Uh, You know, if you had to choose between having your address and and name information all in separate columns or combined, you can always easily combine them using... um, you know, using text join or concatenation as an example here. Um, But breaking it apart can be really difficult. So in terms of breaking it apart, there's several different ways that you could traditionally handle this. Um, And I'm going to show you those here in a minute, but I want to show you first essentially what Flash Fill does and then give you that comparison so that you can essentially see why Flash Fill is better. Okay, so in this particular example, first we're going to go ahead and we're going to create... um, A spreadsheet where we have one column with the person's name, one column for street, one column for uh, city and state, and then another column over here for their postcode. And I'm actually going to, I'm just going to move these over one. Okay. And here we go. Now, with FlashFill, all you have to do is just give it an example of the data that you'd like to work with. So, this particular example here, we have a column with Nancy Freehafer. We've got her address, her city, her state, and separate pieces of this. Okay. So, from here, if we started to write out another example here, sometimes giving it a few examples can be really useful. And it won't do any transfer t- uh, trans, um, transformation on the data. It's just basically going to Uh, continue the pattern of whatever you've set. So in this particular case, we've got our names. I've given it two examples here. And if it doesn't recognize immediately what you're doing, and sometimes it doesn't pick up on that immediately, you could trigger it. If you come over here to the data menu, you'll see this option that says Flash Fill. And if we click that Flash Fill, it will see that there's a pattern and it will just complete it for you automatically. Let me show you what it looks like if it just senses the pattern. So I'm gonna try to type this out here, one, two, three. Main Street, like this. Uh, we'll try it one more time. Four, five, six. Okay, that's what it looks like when it auto senses this. And so sometimes you have to give it more than one example. But when you when it does pick it up, like it does right here, you'll see it just completes it. And it has this like ghosting text showing you that hey, is this what you want? All you have to do is hit enter, and it will complete that automatically. If we came over here and we type out not Atlanta but Houston. And give it another example, San Francisco, you'll see this one, it took three, it will auto-complete this. But if you just give it one and it doesn't trigger automatically from that data tab, you're going to come on over here, you're going to hit this flash fill, and it should auto-complete. Now, there is no dialog box for this. It either works or it doesn't work. So if you start typing this out and it's just not working for you, unfortunately, you know, there's not really much you can do. A tip I would give you is you wanna make sure that all your data is congruent, it's all touching each other, it's contiguous with each other, it's all properly shaped, and don't have any blank columns or rows. Uh, I'll give you a quick example of where that can screw you up. Let me just delete this column here of zip. We're gonna put a blank F over here and we're gonna put in 30303. Okay, 80808. And it should not complete this here, okay? So you'll see here, hey, Uh, We were looking at the data of your selection, didn't see a pattern, sorry about that. Well, in this particular case, it's because we have a blank column, so it has to be contiguous. If we remove that blank column, we go ahead and hit that flash fill, you'll see it'll work. Okay. So flash fill, it's not formula-driven. If we look inside of here, you'll see that these are the actual values themselves. It's not left, right, or anything else like that. It's the actual data. So now that you can see how FlashFill works, let me show you the, give you an, a sense of appreciation of the older ways that we used to handle this. Um, and I can think of a couple right off the top of my head, okay? One such ex- uh, example that we would normally have done would be something like Text to Columns, okay? Uh, let me just go ahead and duplicate this. Actually, no, we'll come back over here to our data spreadsheet and we'll, we'll work just with this one. Now, Text to Columns, if you're not familiar with this feature, it's been around forever, Uh, And it parses data, and parses just means breaking things apart here by some sort of either fixed width or delimiter. Okay, In this particular case, we'd select our data, we come on over here, and we would choose this option that says text to columns. And I still use this quite often. Um, But what you're going to end up with is, I mean, things aren't going to work the way you want them to work every time. Uh, so in this particular case, we'll choose our delimiter, and this delimiter is going to be a comma, and we could break it apart this way. Uh, the problem would come in is if we had, like, for example, a street 2, where conditionally we have street 1 and street 2, and, you know, that would uh, cause some issues for us. You know, so, so text-to-columns is great, but, you know, again, you have to run it, and, and again, it's, it's just more work. And for more complicated stuff, what we would end up with is using formulas. Okay. Now, there are five text formulas everybody should just know off the top of their head. Left, right, mid, find, and len. Okay. Left will allow you to go to the left side of a cell and pull text out. Right will go to the right side of a cell and pull text out. Mid will allow you to go to a middle part of a cell and pull text out. Len will count the number of characters and uh, find will find a specific thing inside of a cell. But to give you some appreciation of how this used to work with using formulas, I mean, to just get the name out here, we're having to run two formulas. So go to the left side of the cell, search until you find a comma, and then go ahead and pull that data out, but don't include the comma. And as we start to get into more complicated examples, so here's one for getting the street, you could start to see... You know we're using several formulas inside of this to pull this data out. I mean it's just not it's just not fun. And here's your for your city. You can see now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've written these formulas from scratch before, and they could be really cumbersome. Uh, so something like Flashville just takes your headache away. Now let me show you another th- example. So in this particular example of Flashville, okay, we've got all of our data. Um, in this case separated into separate columns which is ideally what we should have well we can give it a single example in this particular example we'll start to type it out uh nancy free heifer okay and we're going to put in our own delimiters here uh, of a comma one two three main street okay atlanta georgia 30303 okay and hopefully we did that right. We'll click over here to our Flash Fill. And there you go, it will complete that pattern for us. So uh, in my mind, this is a no-brainer. Anytime you get really simple data that needs to be parsed, broken apart, or concatenated, combined, this really is kind of a no-brainer and it just is that simple. So something to throw into your repertoire. Let's go ahead and have a review question. Alrighty, Flashville is what sort of tool inside of Excel? Is it a smart formula? Eh, it's certainly smart, but it's not a formula really based thing. It's not something that we would typically do. Uh, is it automatic copy and paste? Well, it's kind of copying and pasting. It's copying and pasting a pattern, but again, that's not really what we would want it to do. Uh, is it pattern recognition? Well, guess what, folks? That is exactly what it is. It's a tool for pattern recognition and we'll just continue whatever pattern you set forth and we'll continue it on for you. Alrighty, let's go ahead and take a look at our next feature which is going to be the collaboration features inside of Excel. And um, for this one, we're gonna use a blank workbook and we're gonna get started here just in a minute from that blank workbook. Um, but let me tell you a little bit about what this tool can do. Uh, What this tool can do is that it allows you to instantly be able to share a document with a colleague and both of you or three of you or four of you or five of you would be able to work on it together. And uh, instead of having to email a document back and forth and then have versions and then having to merge those versions together, well, now using the power of the internet and Microsoft 365, we work from one document together in real time and we both can be in it or multiple of us can be in it and they never have to send a document back or forth with each other uh, and this process is even easier using tools like Microsoft Teams and SharePoint although I will point out those are not required to use it okay the one big requirement is you have to store this somewhere in the cloud inside of Microsoft's ecosystem uh, it can either be inside of Teams or SharePoint or if you're an individual user it could be inside of just your OneDrive but it has to be in a Microsoft product okay now Let's go ahead and take a look at how we would create this document. Now we're gonna start off here with just a completely blank workbook. Nothing special at all about this workbook. And I would access the sharing capabilities a couple of different ways, okay? So the easiest way is gonna be here in the upper right-hand corner of the application, you'll see this little share button. We'll come back to that here in a minute and that's how we'll actually share. Okay, but we could also, for example, come on over here to our save menu and we could choose to share it inside of one of our OneDrive locations or in one of our SharePoint locations too. And a person who has access to that drive or from that SharePoint uh, site can access it and pull it in that way. But let's just say I'm working on this document and you know, I, uh, let's just go ahead and, and create here a first name, last name, Okay, and let's just say I'm creating just a roster of my uh, of my clients and I want to share it with my colleague Alicia. Okay, well, we're going to clip over here to this upper right hand corner. We're going to click that little share button and it's going to say, cool, you want to share it. Great. Sounds great to me. Uh, We're going to go ahead and choose the location. In this case, it's going to be just my Dynamics, um, Devmatics, uh, OneDrive account. We're going to just go ahead and call this one employee. I'm sorry. We're going to call this client list. And it could be SharePoint, it could be Teams, it could be wherever, and it's going to upload that document directly to our, in this case, SharePoint um, inside of OneDrive. Uh, they're kind of the same thing, especially how we've got use it inside of our company. And so we can see here, anybody in my company can edit it. We can adjust our sharing privileges, so I can make it public to anybody on the web. I can also create specific people, which is what I'm going to use here, and I can also indicate whether or not they're allowed to edit this document. So I'm going to share it with my colleague Alicia. So I'll start to type her name out here. We'll see that she pops up automatically because it's pulling this data directly from Exchange. And I'm gonna say, please help me create a list of our clients. Thanks. All right. And if I wanted to add it to other people as well, maybe I wanna share it out to my actual account so I can say Steve Yass here. And what it's going to do is it's going to send an email to those people and they're going to get that email automatically. And then from that email, they're going to be able to just join me directly inside of that document. Uh, And then from there, we can basically collaborate and work on that document in real time with each other, which is pretty cool. Now, it should happen pretty quickly in terms of being able to send that out to uh, those folks. What you can also do, which is kind of nice, is if you come back up here to the share You can also copy a link, okay? And so one of the things you can do here is you can create a shareable link with people. And uh, if you want to send that out instead of sending an email, you can go ahead and do it that way as well. Now we can see Alicia has joined us. And we can notice here in the upper right-hand corner of the application next to that share, we will see that little AY listed, okay? And we can see that we are both inside of this document in real time. We can even click this little join group chat here And I'm not signed into Teams at the moment, but it would bring up and we can go ahead and and we can work. Okay, and we'll see here that Alicia is actually writing. And uh, depending on your version of Excel, you'll even see different colors of uh, what the writing is. And we can both work on this document in real time. So I'm gonna go ahead and put in Steve Yoss. Okay, and we're gonna go ahead and put in Alex White. And we can both work in this document in real time. We have the full feature and function of the application. And we can do practically anything inside of Excel. There are a few limitations in terms of the sharing. Uh, there is a little bit of latency, but I will tell you, it's a heck of a lot lower than with respect to um, having to um, share an, an email a document back or, or with each other. And we can actually see that she is working in this real time. And we can go ahead and we can delete those files. And if we were looking at her screen, I'm oh, sorry, delete those rows. Uh, we would see those rows disappear, but it's one file. You'll see up top here it is perpetually saving and sharing and syncing those document changes back with each other. Uh, and you'll also notice it's got little two little people stacked on each other, and uh, that lets you know that that is saved. Another really kind of benefit of saving these files inside of OneDrive or SharePoint is that you can also rename them easily so if i want to add client list for 2022 i can click that name and instead of having to do a save as i could just instantly rename that file which is pretty cool so we use the i mean we use sharepoint we use OneDrive heavily 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 inside of our business and to the point that pretty much the only way that we uh send files back and forth with each other is directly inside of um, is directly inside of uh, um, these tools i mean It would be very unusual to send a direct document to someone these days uh, if they're in the company. I would always just say, hey, it's in SharePoint. Here's where you go find it. Hey, go to Teams. Go to this specific team. You can find it that way. So so pretty compelling feature and function to use. This can really cut down on email and correspondence inside your business. And I definitely, definitely would recommend that you consider it for your company. All righty. So... For the next half of our presentation here, and for the remainder of our hour, I really want to dive in and share with you a vision. And I'm gonna try to sell you a big vision here, which is my view of next-generation Excel reporting. Uh, And it's not just one feature or function, although that we are going to narrow in on just one of those today, which is going to be Power Query, Uh, but rather it is my view of what I think Um, of what I think the next generation uh, accountant, financial professional is going to need to know to be able to leverage these tools effectively. Okay, And so it's actually a collection of a couple of different things inside of the application. But I want to give you the big vision first, and then we're going to dive in specifically to look at Power Query. And there are five kind of next generation Excel features. They are uh, Power Query, They are data modeling. Uh, They are Power Pivot. They are using uh, DAX, which is data analysis expressions, and then some new generation uh, reporting tools, which are slicers and timelines. Um, But the vision of this is bringing these different five features and functions together inside to really kind of create something that's really turnkey for you to be able to work. And uh, leveraging these tools allows you to really kind of make reporting a snap, simple, fast, effective, really kind of air free okay? And so here's kind of the big vision of this. My vision is rather than going to uh, each individual data source and pulling reports, we instead hook our data directly up to the source. Uh, we hook Excel directly up to the source and we pull that data down, okay? And that's going to be using a tool called Power Query. Now, using Power Query, it is what we refer to as an ETL tool, extract, transform, and load. It allows us to be able to extract data from virtually any data source, okay? Just getting the data is only half the battle. We always have to make it fit for reporting. We always are adding columns, deleting columns, changing things, pre-processing our data to make it effective and useful. Power Query can do that for us. So it can transform the data and then ultimately load it inside of Excel. Now, once this is inside of Excel, we can use data modeling. Um, Data modeling is essentially, for all intents and purposes for our discussion today, is using tables, which is a theme. We've been talking a lot about tables in this class, and they're so useful and effective. Uh, But using data modeling, we can create a pivot table, for example, from multiple tables. You know, we can create a pivot table that has multiple worksheets of data present inside of it. Uh, We can use a tool called Power Pivot. Uh, which is a tool for working with large quantities of data. Uh, And even though the name sounds like it's a pivot table tool, it's actually not a pivot table tool. It's rather a data modeling tool, uh, which allows us to do some really, really interesting and powerful things. Now, if we need to modify that data model to do calculations and other things inside of it, well, guess what? We use this thing called DAX, or data analysis expressions, uh, which are very similar to Excel formulas, but also at the same time pretty different. And using data analysis expressions, what we can do is we can do very large-scale manipulations of our data inside of that data model. Uh, and we can do reports now that look at sometimes millions of rows of data. And, in fact, we can do and exceed the traditional limitations of Excel using DAX and using data modeling to the point that we can do 10, 15, 20 million rows analysis really fast and effective. We're actually only limited to the processing power of our computer and the amount of memory that we have inside of our computer. Ultimately, we can then return that data back to a series of reports inside of Excel, uh, pivot tables, pivot charts, and more. Uh, This whole model of what I'm talking about is fully supported inside of Power BI. So for my advanced reporting users that are out there that are watching, you can use Uh, this exact approach for your Power BI work. In fact, it's mandatory for Power BI that you follow this approach. And then inside of whatever report or Power BI that you're using, you have access to a whole new generation of visualization tools, including things like slicers and timelines to filter and work with our reports. But this is my vision. And in a nutshell, you hook your data up to the report, Okay, instead of you having to go and run a report, you can just hook your Excel workbook up to that report data and it will pull that data down dynamically. You store the data inside of a data model, which allows you to work with larger quantities of data that was previously not available. You use DAX to create formula calculations and modify that data. You use PowerPivot to manage that data model effectively and then create whatever type of reports you need. This is a big vision i understand that for a lot of people this is probably going to be a lot to take in so um, we're going to break it down piece by piece and today at least we're just going to solely look at a tool called power query now power query is the bee's knees if you'll allow me to use such strong language and it is an incredibly powerful tool to be able to pull data into your workbook and it allows you to be able to pull in resources, whether it be coming from the web, from a database, from another spreadsheet, a collection of spreadsheets. You can have multiple sources inside of this. And you're, in a nutshell, hooking up your spreadsheet to these different resources. They could be static resources like another workbook. Or they could be a dynamic resource like a um, like a database. Um or it could be information coming from the web and more. And as those underlying resources change, like new rows and records are added to that uh, spreadsheet or you know that database certainly is gonna be updated, especially if it's in a business regularly with new rows, new records, new customers, new sales, new orders, new expense line items, new checks. Instead of you having to go and pull the report and pull that data into uh, your work, you instead tell Excel, hey, go out and grab that data for me, bring it back, and it will update your reports automatically. It's what we sometimes refer to as write once, refresh many, okay? And that write once, refresh many, you front load your effort on your reporting so that you are, you know, essentially having to do a little bit more work up front. But if it's a report you're doing month in, month out, week in, week out, guess what? It's just going to work for you, and it'll dynamically keep things up to date, Um It's fantastic because once we retrieve the data, it remembers how and where it got that data and will make it available for future uses. And all you have to do is hit one button inside your workbook. You click refresh, it refreshes that work for you. Anything that you're doing month in, month out, it's going to be fantastic because it will essentially just save you a ton of time and effort inside of your workbook. Now let's uh, let's do a review question a little bit early here, and then we're going to dive in and take a look at inside of Excel, and then um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and um, look at several different examples of how Excel will work with. Okay, so let's go ahead and do our next review question. When using Power Pivot, which again is a tool for managing data modeling inside of Excel, what tool can you use to clean up that raw data? Okay, so if you're gonna use Power Pivot or Excel or really kind of anything else, what's the data tool that you're gonna to use to make your data appropriate for reporting? Is it going to be PowerView? Nope, that's a dashboarding tool inside of Excel. Is it gonna be the Insights or QA feature? Nope. You guessed it, it's going to be that Power Query, okay? So without further ado, let's go ahead and switch over and take a look at Power Query and understand how and where this tool can be used. Alrighty, so we're going to start our tour with um understanding where the features and functions inside of power query live okay and it's going to be over here under the data ribbon and it's going to be on the far left hand side under the get and transform work group okay and it's this get and transform work group of functions as well as this queries and connections work group okay now on the far left over here you're going to see get data That's where we're going to spend most of our time today. And the most common aspects of get data, which are um, extracting data from text files, CSV files, from the web, from tables and ranges, those uh, are going to be the most common features. Those are going to be listed up front here. Okay. Now, in this other work group, under queries and connections, we have our refresh button. This is going to become really helpful as we start to reuse our workbooks because essentially all we have to do is click this refresh data and it will go ahead and do that work for us and we can click this queries and connections and you'll see there's no queries in here currently but any queries that we see listed will be uh, in here that we use inside of this workbook. Now let's go ahead and dive in and take a look at some of the different resources that Power Query can connect to. Okay so if we click this get data and we click uh, down here we can see some of the main resources that are available to us. OK, so we can pull data from static files. OK, so if we come over here to our static files section, we could pull in data from other Excel workbooks. We could pull in data from text CSV files, from XML and JSON. These are web technologies. So extendable markup language or JavaScript object notation. A little bit more advanced, but um, if you're working with data coming from the web, that might be helpful. We could pull in data from PDFs. How incredible is that? Now, your mileage will vary uh, if you're left-handed and poor handwriting like myself. Don't expect to be able to pull anything out. But if it's a scanned um, invoice or something that was sent to you digitally, you'll have a lot better effort. And you can also pull data from folders, both from SharePoint as well as from a file on your computer, a folder on your computer. And I'll show you that here towards the end, which is really useful if you need to combine things into a single worksheet. Imagine you've got, for example, a year's worth of, bank statements, January, February, March, April, May, so on and so forth, and you want to combine them into a single Excel workbook, you can do that from the From Folder option. Now, we can also pull data from dynamic sources. Microsoft Excel supports all your major uh, database types, including Microsoft SQL, Microsoft Access, okay? You can pull in data from SQL Analysis, Oracle, IBM, MySQL, Postgres, Sybase, and others, okay? Okay? You could pull in data from Microsoft Azure pretty seamlessly. You could pull in data from Microsoft Power BI. So if you happen to be using Power BI like I am, you can pull in data from your featured data sets. You could pull in data from your online sources. So this includes things like SharePoint as well as Salesforce as well as Dynamics 365 and Exchange. You can pull in those items automatically as well. And where I spend a lot of time actually is in this from other sources. And from these other sources, you could pull in data from a lot of different places, including your existing or other Excel tables and ranges. So come on, try to get this uh, the highlight. There we go. Uh, You could pull in data from the web, which will be one of our first examples here. You can use Microsoft Power Query, sorry, Microsoft Query, which is an older querying tool for Excel, but still very useful. And you can come down here and pull stuff from Active Directory, and you can also pull stuff using what's called ODBC, or Open Database Connectivity. Uh, ODBC is an incredible tool that that allows us to be able to pull data from virtually anywhere um, using a variety of different connectors. So I'll just briefly mention this, although we're not going to go in at depth on this. Uh, You can use a service such as c data and c data is a company that makes all different types of connectors to all different types of products uh, so if we come over here and we look at their connectors by category and then we specifically scroll down here and we look at their accounting connectors, Using ODBC, we can pull in data from all number of different resources. So if you're wondering like, hey, Steve, this is all well and good. How do I get my data from QuickBooks? How do I get my data from Sage? How do I get my data from Xero and other places like this? Well, you're going to use a connector, probably from the company itself or from a a vendor such as CData, and then you're going to be able to use ODBC to be able to query that data directly. If you click over here to the CRM and ERP solution, you'll see even more, Dynamics 365, you'll see Epicor ERP, SAP, Financial Force, NetSuite, so on and so forth. And you just pick the tools that you need. So let's say, for example, you're using uh, Acumatica, a wonderful accounting and ERP solution here. Well, you just download this tool, you install it, and then you'll be able to access your Acumatica data directly inside of Excel. Okay, just wanted to make you aware of that. We're not going to discuss that one here today, but just this is how. That's the last mile. That's how you get your data inside of Excel from your accounting solution. Now, for our example here, we're going to use and pull data in from the web, and I've got a couple of different examples that we're going to use here today. And for the first one, though, let's just pull in data from the web. Now, uh, I don't know if you in your business use foreign currency. Uh, in our company, we, we do a fair amount of work in Canada as well as in other parts of Western Europe. And there's one thing I know about foreign currency. The second you look at it, uh, the price changes. And so let's say, for example, I wanted to create an Excel workbook that had a way of being able to track the fair market uh, calculation of um, maybe our cash in bank, our accounts payable, accounts receivable. And I just want to know basically like for our foreign offices, you know, how much money in our home currency they might have. Now, the traditional way that we would handle this, we would probably come over here to our favorite search engine, Google, Bing, wherever you happen to be going, and you'd probably type in something like FX rates. Okay? And we would want to go and find something, okay? Let's just go and check a look here that might have a reliable source. And so here's this website, xrates.com, and it looks like they've got a, you know, some rates that I could potentially use here, and great, here we go. Okay, we can use this data. Now, the traditional way that we might handle this, we would probably copy and paste. Actually, let's change this from Canadian to USD. Okay, there we go. Uh, we would probably copy and paste this into our Excel file. And Now, if we were really smart, we would do file, paste, and just paste the text. But the problem with this is the second we've done this, this data is now out of date, right? I mean, the second we add it, I mean, it's no longer going to be valid, Um You know, because it it will have changed. So I'm going to do this demonstration twice. I'm going to show you the first way, and then I'm going to do a more complicated way of doing it. But let's say we wanted to pull in data from the web. Okay? What we're going to want to make sure is that the data that we're working with is relatively structured, and structured data means that it's got a header, it's got columns, it's got rows, and it's selectable. If it's an image, for example, that's not going to work. And ideally, it's also going to have a URL that we can go back to repeatedly. Okay, so here's this URL. If I go and I just copy this and we come back into Excel, we're going to come over here to the data tab. And from the data tab, we're going to choose get data from other sources. And we're going to choose from the web. And we're just going to paste in the URL of this data. And this could be your bank. This could be a vendor. This could be your company's website, whatever. And what Excel is going to do is it's going to connect. And the first time you try to connect to this, Uh, You're not going to see it on my screen because I've done this so many times, but it's going to ask you, how do you want me to connect? Is it authenticated? If so, what's the username and password? Is it an API key? And once it gets to that uh, screen, you know, essentially this screen here, it's going to scan the whole thing, and it's going to say, hey, is there anything in here that I can use inside of Excel? And we're going to have to look through this a few times, and we'll see there are three different tables that have popped up here. So the first one, document, no, that doesn't look useful for me. And if we click over here to table one, though, look at this. Holy smokes, this is pretty close. Argentinian peso, Australian dollar, Bahrainian dinar. And if we come back over here to our X rates table, we'll see that is in fact, here's this information. Argentinian peso, Australian dollar, Bahrainian dinar, so on and so forth. Now, for our first example here, I'm just gonna load this data directly in, but I wanna draw your attention to this little special button, which is going to be this transform data, okay? We're gonna come back to that here in a minute. We're gonna click this load data, and in doing so, it connects out to that website, will extract the data from that website, and will load it straight in. And so, what you should know from this is, I mean, think about, again, your bank, your vendors, your, your customers, your accounting systems, Imagine not having to go and copying and pasting data or having to go and run a report and download that report, but rather you say, hey, here's where it is, go grab it. And that's exactly what Power Query will do. That's the extract component of it. So I said I was going to do this example again, and the reason I want to do this again again is if you look at this Although this data is really nice, it's not exactly what I want it to be. I've got, you know, fifty plus countries here. I'm not really doing that much business in Pakistan, as although I'd love to be. And you know, I, our Romanian office is is closing down, so I really don't need to track you know what we're doing in, in Romania. I really just want the five or so actual places that we do business in. And also these header rows, you know, they don't look right, you know. And if I start to go, for example, and cleaning these things up and moving things around. The problem is once I've used Power Query and I click refresh, it's gonna take it exactly back to what that raw data looked like. That's where the transform section of Power Query can be really effective. So let's do that example again. We're gonna come over here and we're gonna go and select data, and this time I'm just gonna click the shortcut from web, and I'm gonna go ahead and drop in our URL again. It's gonna scan the website again. Uh, you can have several Power Query objects inside of your workbook, so it's not like you're only limited to one. But instead of clicking Load, what instead we're going to go ahead and select is this Transform, and this is actually going to load up Power Query in its entirety. And this is a separate window tool, so you'll notice it sits on top of this. Okay, and a couple things I want to draw your attention to. All right, on the left-hand side here, we're going to see all of our different queries and. Um, you'll see that it's just table one, table two, so on and so forth. Ideally, one of the best practices you should do is you should come over here and uh, rename these things, give them a name, you know, so that way it's easy to know which one you're working with. So in this case, I'm just going to rename this one FX, okay? But all the different queries in our workbook we'll see listed here. Now, on the right, what we're going to see is we're going to see all the different changes that we've got listed. And so we can see every time we make a change and do something, Power Query remembers what we've done, okay? So in this first part, it connected out to that website, it navigated that website, it found that table, and then it just did some basic configuration and changed a few things for us. Now, let's just do a few things to this particular data set. So let's filter it down to the five or so countries you're actually doing work with. Let's go ahead and get these header rows to look correct, and let's just put it into a specific sort sequence. Okay, so the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm going to go ahead and filter. And you'll notice as I start to work with this data, I can click on this and I can go ahead and I can make changes to this. So in this case, uh, we're gonna go ahead and select uh, maybe the Canadian dollar, uh, the Australian dollar, the Euro. Uh, Let's grab the Mexican peso. And let's grab, uh, let's go ahead and grab uh, one more here. Let's grab the British pound, there we go. And so as I start to make changes, you'll see that the rows now only show the five countries we actually do work with, and it added a step here called filtered rows, and so it remember what we've done, okay? Now, we can clip up here and we can change our title, so we're just gonna go ahead and say country, just give it a simple title. Over here, we're gonna go ahead and change this. Instead of having these weird uh, triangles, we're gonna go ahead and say in FX. And in this one, we're gonna go ahead and say in USD. And again, you'll see on the right-hand side, it now has a step showing those uh, rows are renamed, okay? Now, Power Query is a huge collection of different data modification and uh, manipulation tools. So if we look up here to our home, we just did some really basic stuff. But in our next couple of examples, we're going to see here we can do other things. We can, for example, manage our columns and rows. We can add columns. We can add rows. Likewise, we can remove them. Um, Maybe, for example, in your data set, you're always adding stuff or removing stuff. Maybe you're taking totals or removing totals to get it into a particular format. Well, guess what? Power Query can do that for you. Okay, you have a ton of transformation tools, including sorting things. You can parse stuff using the split column, which is going to be very similar to to text-to-columns. You can replace values. You can make the first row the header. You can combine things, which I'll show you an example with as well. If we come over here to our transform, we have even more tools. We can transpose our data, flip the orientation of it if need be. We can reverse our data, put it into a different sort sequence. We could change the specific data type, changing things, for example, from an integer to a decimal or vice versa. Okay, we can pivot or unpivot our data. Again, we can split and extract and parse. We can change how the numbers are calculated. If we come over here to our Add column, we can create new examples of data and have it add new stuff that is not present in the underlying data itself, but rather a manipulation. Now, ultimately, when we're ready, we come back over here to our Home tab, and from our Home tab on the far left-hand side, you'll see this Close and Load. And we're going to go ahead and select this Close and Load. It's going to take it to a new worksheet. And here you go. Here is our data cleaned up and ready. Okay? Now, in the future, whenever we need to go and update this data, instead of having to go and run those steps again, because Power Query remembered what it did, all we have to do is click this Refresh. And you'll see that that refresh occurs, and it is the most relevant and up-to-date data. Now, inside of our data tab, if we click our properties section here, we can modify how this external data is uh, presented. And from our queries and connection panel over here, you'll see we've got FX listed. And if we come over here and right-click and select properties, we can also change how it's refreshed, too. We can even say it should refresh automatically every X number of minutes or refresh when the file is opened and more. So this is a simple, simple, simple example of what you can do with this incredible tool. I'll run through a few more here in the time that we have available. Uh, We can do some pretty incredible stuff like unpivot our data. You know, maybe you downloaded a report and it's pretty well summarized and rather you would like it to, for example, be unsummarized so you can create your own pivot table report, okay? You can't create a pivot table data from this. It just, it wouldn't work well. But if we unpivot it using Power Query, we can create our own table pretty quickly so we're going to go ahead and select from the data tab, we're going to choose table range. If your data is not already a table, it's going to prompt you to create one. And so we're going to go ahead and select yes. That loads this into Power Query and we are off to the races. So first thing first, we're going to go ahead and, and give this a name. We're going to go ahead and say unpivot. There we go. And what we're going to choose here is you'll notice we've got some pesky little total roles and and total rows should never be included, nor pivot tables uh, should have subtotal rows either, uh, because they will double count your stink. So what we're going to do here is we're going to say, hey, go ahead and remove the bottom row. And we're always going to tell it, remove the last row of this data set, because that's where the total row will always be. So that's gone. Likewise, we're going to tell it to remove the total column, which will always be the rightmost column. It's gone. Okay, next we can go ahead and highlight the tables columns and we can tell it what to do with it and so we're going to go ahead and select these columns here and we're going to come over here to our form, and we're going to go ahead and choose unpivot other columns oops i think i did that wrong okay if you screw up like i just did here you can just go ahead and remove that applied step and let's try that again unpivot there we go And that is now the correct order and what it should look like, where we have one column. We're going to go ahead and give this a name. We're going to say client. We have another column over here for our date. And then we've got another column over here. We'll call this one uh, sales. Okay. Now, you'll notice that the date has this ABC, which is indicating it's a text. I don't want it to be a text type. We can always make sure that these things are the correct format and then the correct uh, data type by clicking the little ABC or the one, two, three, you'll see over here for sales, it says 1.2. And we can change this from ABC to rather just date and Excel will know to treat this like a date. Once we're happy with this data, we'll come over here, we'll choose close and load. And in doing so, we now have this data in the correct format. Last part of this, we'll go ahead and choose Summarize with Pivot Table. We're gonna put that Pivot Table just right next to our existing data, just so you can see it here. And we're gonna go ahead and pull our client data down here to rows, we'll pull our date over here to columns, and we'll pull our sales down here to values. But that is a Pivot Table from Pivoted Data. Uh, So pretty cool with what you can choose to do. Last example, unfortunately, due to time, I won't be able to go much longer. But let me show you another example that's quite common, okay? Let's say you've got data coming in from a couple of different places and a couple of different months, okay? So in this particular example here, I've got, let's say, bank data or sales data uh, either coming from multiple places or over multiple periods of time. In this case, I've got five months' worth of data, and I want it all to be one worksheet. Well, using Power Query, we can point it and we can combine things, which is pretty cool. We're gonna go over here to the data tab and we're gonna select get data from file. We're gonna go ahead and select from folder and we're gonna point it to that folder. And Power Query is gonna watch that folder And it's going to look for when data gets added or removed. And it will automatically include or exclude that data from our combined worksheet. Now, first, we're going to point it to that get data. It's going to scan that. It's going to find that, hey, there are a couple of files listed here. And we can see, certainly enough, those are the five. And we can either uh, combine it all, load it all, or transform it. In the interest of time, I'm just going to go ahead and tell it to combine it. And uh, we're going to go ahead and combine it and load it. Now, what it's going to do here is it's going to give us an example of that file, of the first one. We can look at the first file. We can look at the next file, so on and so forth. We can purge. We can uh, combine. We can parse. We have the full uh, breadth of Power Query tools available to us. But I'm going to say this is good enough, so I'm going to go ahead and select OK. And here you go. Here is now, if you look over here, it'll show you the source name, that one file with all those worksheets in one place. To complete the example, we'll go ahead and choose Summarize with Pivot Table. And we're going to go ahead and now put in our amount. We'll put in our date over here. We're going to go ahead and put in our department. And we'll put in our account name. And we're going to go ahead and put in our... Yeah, that's right. Okay, and so now we have a combined Pivot Table coming from five worksheets let me go ahead and remove april and may by just taking them out of the scope of the folder we'll refresh this data and what you'll notice is that those actually go away make sure i got them out of there yep i should do well i got something running in the background i should have done this in another worksheet but uh, what you'll notice is once you've moved those items out of here, there you go, those records go away, okay? Uh, and if we go ahead and we add those records back, so we're adding those two months back inside of here into that folder, okay, Power Query again it's looking at the folder. It's gonna combine whatever is inside of that folder as long as they're all the same type. And we click that combine, I'm sorry, not combine, but that refresh, and what we'll notice here, once we'll see those add back, that those two columns now include April and May as well. And so June, July, August rolls around, you just download the next version of those spreadsheets, throw them in that folder, hit uh, refresh, and all the work is done for you. It's really incredible with what you can do. All right, folks, that does bring us to the end of our presentation. Let's go ahead and have a third review question and then wrap up for the day. To update data that was pulled by Excel Power Query, you must relink the query to your original data to update the data. No way. Rebuild the Power Query report from scratch. No sorry, Bob. The correct answer here is you click the refresh button in the Excel workbook and all the work is done directly for you. Incredible tool. Stay tuned to the podcast. I'm sure we're going to discuss more Power Query here in the future. Now, that does bring us to the end of our presentation for today. Thank you so much for attending. In summary, we discussed in the first section today, we talked about data types, uh, including the stocks and geography data type. We talked about some new Excel functions and formulas, including things such as the dynamic arrays, the the um, sort, the filter, the unique. We talked about new lookup formulas, including XLOOKUP. We talked about the analyzed data features, where we can ask our our questions to our data set. In the second half, we took a look at our Flash Fill and how we can do pattern recognition inside of Excel. We looked at how we can do real-time collaboration simply and easily with our colleagues, peers, clients, vendors, and more. And we also took a look at Power Query, this incredible tool that allows us to extract, transform, and load data into Excel and really hook our Excel data workbooks up to virtually any data source and do some really dynamic reporting. So hopefully you learned a lot. Hopefully you you picked up some really good tips and tricks that you can consider using for your uh, workbooks going forward. Now, as a reminder, I do want to let you know you can earn CPE credits for watching or listening our podcasts. It's super simple and effective. You can head on over to cpe.today.com, search for today's course. And you'll complete a short five-question quiz and then earn a certificate for your participation and engagement. Uh, With your purchase, you will get copies of our sample materials as well as reference materials that were discussed. You can ask me questions about anything discussed here today. Uh, And it's a great way and a fast way to be able to keep and maintain your credits. Now, if you are a new listener or watcher to the podcast, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you attending. How about you have a free podcast on us and get a free CPE certificate? Okay, head on over to cpetoday.com. You'll use coupon code 1FREEPODCAST at checkout, and you will get a free class of maybe today or any other class of your choosing. If you like our material, please consider connecting with us on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and more as CPE Today. And you can always enjoy our show on your own schedule. You can subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and more. Uh, And we're putting out new episodes twice a week. You can watch live Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. And if you can't happen to catch the live broadcast again You can download our show on the podcast platform of your choosing or wherever you happen to get your content. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. It is always a pleasure to have you in the office and to learn something new. I look forward to seeing you the next time around. Take care, good luck, and see you the next time.